Well, kinfolk, happy Sunday. Let us pray. Blessed Savior, direct our hearts toward your way and the water of life. Amen. Well, you can't drill a wellhead in Mancelona, Michigan, unless you get a septic permit. And I know why they do this. It's to keep all the goobers up there from pulling water out of the ground to use in outhouses, and then just sort of putting it back in the ground without a proper brownfield. Now likewise, you can't put in a septic system in Mancelona without a proper well installed for basically the same reasons. And uh, I happen to own some unimproved land up around there. Not entirely comfortable sharing the details of the precise location. But it is on a delisted lake. A delisted lake is a lake that has become too small to show up on the GIS or on the maps when they print their new maps. So it's lost its official name. And so we just call it Lake Inferior. Um, now, as my land's unimproved, I don't have a septic tank or anything like it, but there's still the issue of how to deal with the various natural, natural byproducts of humanity. So uh, what I did was I got an old Herbie Kirby and uh, punched some holes in the bottom and filled it out full of gravel and buried it in the ground. Uh, it was got a pipe going in and a much taller pipe coming out, and that worked fine for a while. Uh, but the other issue was the lack of potable drinking water on the land, um, which is why I wanted to drill a well, which is how I found out about all these government regulations. So I've just been hauling lake water in buckets for years and then treating it and then using that for everything. But a few years back, several years back, I had a fellow come out to the land from town in order to weld a cattle gate uh, to the drive uh, at the front of the property because some of the local legal scholars around there uh, held that my two-track was a public easement and I had to do something to disabuse them of that theory uh, thus the installation of the cattle gate. Uh, and me and him and the welder, we got to talking while he worked and he wanted to know if I wanted to sell my property and I probably said something like, well, this is America. Everything is for sale. And he said, you got water? And I said, yes, there's a great deal of water down there in the pond. And he said, no, groundwater. I said, like a well? I asked. He said, shh, 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 shh. Said, we don't use the W word around here. And I began to understand. No, I said, there's no, um, there is no mechanical access to groundwater. He says, I know a fella, I know a guy, he says. I said, oh, a well digger? He goes, tsh, tsh, no, use the W word. He's just a fella that is really good at digging deep, narrow holes. Then he'll even put a pipe down that hole if you ask him. I said, I think I could benefit from such a hole. He said, I'll send him out. So the fella came out the next Monday. And when he gets up on my land, we shake hands and introduce ourselves. And he says, you know, uh, to me, he says something like, you know, hypothetically, if a person was going to dig a very deep hole, whereabouts would you prefer that they do so? And I said, well, round about here somewhere. So he goes and sets off into the trees, walks off in the trees a bit, 
and he's got a big Barlow knife, and he starts cutting branches. And I said, you know, if you need uh, branches, sir, I have a great pile of branches over here by my fire pit. And he says, no good. He says, it's the wrong kind of wood. He cuts himself a poplar branch. He starts getting the twigs off of it, and he's got it kind of in the shape of a Y, the letter Y. And then he starts holding it and walking around with it out in front of him. And uh, he's got this real concentrated look on his face. It's all scrunched up. And he has got these, in his side here, he's got those little yellow plastic flags um, that, you know, whenever the city comes around, they kind of use it to mark sprinkler heads or gas lines. And he's occasionally, he'll stop and put one of these little flags in the dirt. Now, he knew that I was not from around there, and so he very generously explained what it was he was doing. He said to me, first he says, you see, water is more dense than dirt. I said, well, that seems reasonable. He said, so water is more dense than dirt, so it's got more gravity in it. Okay, uh, I am no physicist. And so he said, whenever there's water in the ground, the things above it are just a little bit heavier on account of the increased gravity. Well, I didn't want to engage in scientific debate uh, at this point. He said, so the end of this little stick that I'm holding out here, when it's over water, it gets a little bit heavier. And I can feel it dip. And that's the whole thing. So that's the whole thing. But you have to get really, really good at feeling it. This was my first introduction to the ancient art of the dousing rod. Now, I'm not going to tell you whether or not I hired that gentleman to drill a very narrow, deep hole in my land, as I have no interest in implicating myself in any municipal violations with the fine people of Antrim County. Um, but this is, uh, this is the same reason that our regular large gatherings up there are called family reunions instead of festivals. Uh, for one requireth a permit, and the other doth not. Um, but based on this gentleman's reputation, the people around those parts accepted his peculiar science. Now later on I went home and I got onto the computer and I read up on the art of dousing and dousing rods and, and statistically it works. And you could do the same if you're skeptical as I am. But I'm going to give you a hint though as to why it works. They think though what happens is it turns out after you dig a few hundred uh, narrow deep holes that have water at the bottom, uh, you develop a subconscious knack for spotting the kind of spot on the land that you'd want to dig. And so given such a spot of land and given that in areas like Michigan, digging on such land to any given depth will eventually yield water, the art of the dowsing rod eventually becomes kind of a hard thing for you to get wrong. Um, so it may not make sense in the scientific application or in the practical understanding, but it turns out it is something that you can develop a knack for. But you have to do it unintentionally as you go about the work of digging hundreds and hundreds of wells, I mean holes. And I fully believe, likewise, that the work of spiritual communication is the same. What will we say, asked these Galilean disciples. We aren't good at speaking like you are, Jesus. How will we know what to say? First off, Jesus says, you've got to practice telling the truth. You have to practice telling the truth about what I told you every day, and every day, and every day. Follow my way. Now, you know the things I taught you. 
Those who love me will keep my word, and the Father will love them. We'll come to them, and we'll make our home with them. Whoever does not love me doesn't keep my words. Can you do that? Simple enough. Can you tell the truth and do the things that I taught you to do and told you to do? Or do you want to go back to fishing, Peter? <laughs> How many times a day do we at any given intersection in life just stop and think, what would Jesus do? I mean, the evangelicals used to put it on a little yellow bracelet, wear it around with them. I don't know if that did much good. But we ask ourselves, what would Jesus do in this situation, in this interaction? And this is what Jesus is teaching his disciples today. Practice, he seems to say. Just practice. Make, make truth-telling your religious practice. I've said these things to you while I'm still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, well, she'll teach you everything and remind you of the things that I taught you. So peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid about what you're going to say. My spirit is in you, and the spirit is with you, and the spirit will speak if you let it. I get asked to do invocations and prayers in public, uh, whatnot, pretty regularly. I have given the invocation at the State House of Representatives in Lansing a few times. Each time, about half a dozen of them burst into flames. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do keep a little anointing oil in my pocket, you know, but okay. I don't write anything in advance for these sorts of things when I go out to the State House in Lansing. I don't usually write much down. Rather, I just kind of walk around those Congress critters, get a feel for the lay of the land, Walk around, shaking hands till I find you know, the right kind of tree that I'm looking for. And take out my pocket knife and I just cut a branch that looks right. And then I stretch out my mind and my spirit. I feel the tip of my dousing rod guiding my words in prayer. I love this Mark Twain quote. I abuse it to death and I know you've heard me. Repeat it to exhaustion, but if you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Love that so much. Spiritual work, whether it is public prayer or private prayer, counseling, confession, healing, preaching, prophecy, even exorcism, is all about telling the truth. Every day, just simply telling the truth. And if you practice it enough, it, uh, it starts to get into your bones heard tell the legend of a man who didn't even need the dousing rod. He would just hold out his hands and he could feel the weight of that subterranean water beneath the tips of his fingers. And I heard tell legends of preachers who don't even need notes to preach a good sermon. And I know there are people sitting in the pews of churches I've served all over these years I've been doing this who at the beginning of our relationship said, I can't pray out loud. Please don't ask me to pray out loud. Can't do it. And those same people who today, through practice, simply close their eyes and reach out their hands and allow the honest and holy words to flow through them right from their lips. Holy work takes practice. It does. Living into the way of Jesus Christ takes practice every single day. It ain't a once and done kind of thing, folks. But we got ourselves a religious practice. But you get better at it. It's like jogging. 
you get better at it, but you have to do it. And when you're really, really good at it, and you start digging, you get right down to that water of life really quick because you know how to find it with your spirit. So dig deep, folks, and don't ever be afraid. Don't ever be afraid to speak the holy words that God puts on your heart. And practice praying every single day in silence and pray out loud. And eventually, well, you won't even need a stick to find that water of life because it's down there. That is the best water you've ever had in your life. Amen? Amen.